Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Tuesday. That means it is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch, all of today's top sports stories in one place. And Rick is here with those stories today. Rick, you ready? What's up, guys? Uh, so today's Sean Payton reporting comes from ESPN's Diana Rossini, Rossini, who tweeted that she was told there is also a team waiting in the wings watching all of this and could make a move if they get, quote, unquote, their ducks in a row. <laughs> Whatever it's that Herbert, means. Right? It's got to be Herbert. That's so funny. He's an actual duck. Well, not an actual duck. But. So, uh, Luke, you're, you're already kind of answering my question oh, there. Sorry. We know about Houston, Denver, Carolina, and the Arizona Cardinals as the teams who have been linked to Peyton in some way, but... Any guesses on who this mystery team is? Well, I mean, I'm only it's only half of a joke, right? If if if, if their ducks in a row wasn't in quote, then I wouldn't I wouldn't make that immediate connection to Justin Herbert with the Chargers. So uh, but but it is. She specifically put that in quote. Could be something to do with Marcus Mariota, I mean <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> He's still around there somewhere. Um I mean, the Chargers, I think, is the is the logical guess. But I, I did. I was just kind of looking through the the teams before Wolf. Hello, Cleveland's interesting. I mean, if, if you're telling me it's got to be some wild card, completely off the radar that nobody's mentioned before, Cleveland always seems like they're one play away from firing their coach, no matter who it is. Yeah, for me right now, there's no doubt about it. Of course, she means the Chargers. Brandon Staley, I, I was really surprised, Mason Onions, he was not fired on Monday. Of last really, week. Yeah, yeah, of last week. I was really, really surprised he was not fired. And the reason being, of course, because he represents a lot of the new age. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I believe that he is. But he represents so much of the new age philosophy that believes fourth down doesn't mean anything. <laughs> we're going to go for I don't care if it's 0-0, it's in the first quarter, and we're on our own 28-yard line. We're going for it, which makes no sense to me whatsoever. But analytics, of course, says so. We know that he does that a ton, more than anybody else in the league, throwing when you're inside the five-yard line. This is something he believes in doing, throwing the ball when you're inside the five. Not running the ball when you've got a lead, a big lead, in the second half. These, this is new age philosophy right here. And I was honestly shocked what? he was not fired Just, on Monday following that disastrous well, yeah, game. Because your biggest knock, if you, if you have concerns about Brandon Staley, would be stuff like that, where he doesn't seem to always care about what's actually going on in the game. He's just looking at that sheet. And he's like, well, this is what the numbers say. And I'm not anti-analytics, but you have to find a balance. You have You've to look around you. 
find a balance. You have to. Um, it was refreshing since you brought up the I'm always going to pass inside the five. Watching these teams, these four teams that are left in the playoffs, these teams that are like the best of the best that are a combined 39 and four since Halloween, when they needed like a yard, just the quarterback sneaking it for a yard or handing off to your like it, there was no well let's step back six yards and then do, no, no you need one yard snap it to me and your season's on the line how about you start right at the line of scrimmage yeah. and get the one yard I, I know I, I'm sorry they all did that this weekend all yes. of them all right, moving on. Two local pro teams play tonight with the Coyotes taking on the Ducks at Mullet Arena at 7 p.m. Over on ESPN 620 and the Suns playing the Hornets right here on 98.7 also at 7 p.m. Both games can also be heard on our app. This takes us to our Sanderson Ford poll question up now at ArizonaSports.com, which asks... How will Valley sports teams do on Tuesday? Your four choices are Suns win, Coyotes win, Suns win, Coyotes lose, Suns lose, Coyotes win, or they both lose. I'll tell you what, Wolf, I'm going to go super optimistic here. I think they both win tonight. Yeah. I think the Suns are on a little bit of a mission here, maybe finding themselves. You can't you can't stumble against a team like Charlotte in that case. You should beat them, and I think the Suns are going to be locked in. And I think the Coyotes, who have been a lot better on home ice, playing an Anaheim team that actually has a worse record than the Coyotes, that is a game that you, in theory, should win. Anaheim is a really good player in Trevor's Egress, so if you're watching that game at all, check out number 11. But I, I'm going to say both teams win. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing, Clayton Keller, in your first hat trick ever. How do you I'll follow up another that. hat trick? All right, I will also agree with you guys. Mullet magic seems to be a thing, and... The Hornets, Michael Jordan, not a great owner. I'm going to vote Suns win, Coyotes win. Hey, look at that. 43% Suns win, Coyotes win. Rick, Rick definitely actually did just vote in real time. He didn't like have the, the click already done so he could look at it. That was, I, I that always was vote in real time when I'm doing this. That's what's winning? Both both teams winning is... Yeah. Is, wow, that's... Suns win, surprising. Coyotes lose is in second at 40%. Suns lose, Coyotes lose is at 14%. And Suns lose, Coyotes win is the uh, 3% uh, final, you know, lowest choice. <laughs> so there you have it, basin audience. Now you're up to speed. A little optimism yeah. from the fan base right yeah, now. Yeah, you know, for, for a fan base that is like maybe the least optimistic fan base in the world, very surprised with that, actually. Oh. All right. And speaking of the Suns, though, our own Arizona sports insider, John Gambadoro, tweeted that he does not see the Suns having interest in Terry Rozier, Fred Van Vliet, or Emmanuel Quickly. No! Says he is not sure. 6-1 scoring guards Rogier and Van Vliet are good fits. He said quickly would, who's also only 6-2, would cost Phoenix a first round pick. Do you guys agree that these players would not be good fits with the Suns? No. no, no, I think they'd be good fits. I, I think typically when Gambo tweets something like that, there's there's some substance behind it. And and so I'm just trying to put 
logic together. Like, I, if you told if you told me Fred Van Vliet's available and it's not going to cost much, the sure. Suns are obviously very interested in him. They would find a way to fit him in. I, I'm guessing there's probably something to those teams are asking a lot more than the Suns are willing to give up, considering they have Chris Paul and considering then maybe that Fred Van Vliet's a little bit shorter and are you going to be willing to give all this up? I think there's more nuance to it because typically when Gambo tweets that, he's hearing something. But as far as just if you're asking me if I would like any of those three players on the Suns, especially Fred Van Vliet, yes. Yes, I would absolutely love Fred Van Vliet. I'm in the danger zone on this guy. I've got my gut set on this. And when I saw that and heard that from Gambo, it was like, oh my goodness, that sucks buttermilk. Really? Because to your point, of course, he's got some type of inside knowledge on that. And I hope he's wrong on that. Can I just say well, that? I hope something changes. <laughs> because for me, I want Fred Van Vliet, man. And if we don't get him, I'm going to be... <laughs> I don't hate Terry Rozier either, but Fred Van Vliet to me is on a different level. Manuel quickly is tough because anybody on the Knicks, you never know if the Knicks are using their players the right way, so it's harder to get a read on him. To be I think, you know, going forward too, wouldn't it be nice? I don't know, Fred Van Vliet? Yeah, Devin Booker? I like that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to not make the trade just because you're not sure how it's going to fit with Chris Paul for the next three months. You know what I mean? Because I. A guy like Van Vliet and a player like Chris Paul, I feel like I feel like anytime Chris Paul has ever had a hard time fitting with another player in his career, or more so probably that other player fitting around him, it's been an attitude thing where they weren't as committed to winning. Yeah. I don't think that's an issue with Fred Van Vliet. No way. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. We are less than three weeks away from Super Bowl 57 and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports. I want you to be there in person. Of course, it is here in the Valley. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th. You can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, the Cardinals are reportedly bringing in Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for a second head coaching interview tonight. So what does this mean for Quinn and some of these other candidates they've already interviewed? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Cardinals head coaching search. Update. 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 If you you probably haven't looked at this yet, so don't. I'll just read some to you on the air later, okay? Okay. But you threw out the question before, because we were talking about Jay Crowder using only emojis to communicate what he wants. Yeah. And uh, you were like, well, why don't we just have listeners? Because I was like, how about if Jay Crowder tells us what happened in Game 7 and what's going on behind the scenes, but just use only emojis? And you were like, how about the listeners give us their theories, but right. only with emojis? Yes. There's some good ones on here. Really? Yeah. Some of these. Can you give me one? Can you can uh, you give me one? And yeah, I'll clean, give you one. Kid. Well, some of them, some of them might not be clean, and we don't even totally realize it. But I can give you the first one. All right, okay. we'll get more of these later. Let's see. This is from Arizona Sports Moments. Okay. Yes. It is a. It's the pointing emoji. Okay. To a chair. <laughs> and then crying, the okay. crying emoji, and then the angry emoji, and then the thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like that. That's pretty good. So if Jay Crowder were just using emojis to tell us what happened, 
Um, okay, I like well, it that. It seems like That's nobody's nice. going to tell us in actual words. So if this is the way we're going to do it, then at least tell us in emojis what right. the problem is. <laughs> because all we hear is like, well, it's not contract. Well, it's not a problem between me and my teammates. Well, it's not It's not this. It's not, it's not the bench. It's not that. Like, no. Okay, then what is it? Because it's got to be something. You didn't both just decide, hey, I'm not going to play, and I'm going to waste a, a year of my career. And right. the Suns weren't like, yeah, we would rather lose games than have you for no reason. This is the thing that drives me crazy, basically. I cannot stand emojis. I don't use emojis unless I'm doing it with a warrior queen. Then, of course, I will use emojis with a warrior queen. She's the only one, of course, I'll do that with. Don't ask why, my brothers. But I will tell you right now, it drives me nuts using emojis. My brothers use emojis all the time. I'm just like, what are you doing? It's called a comma. Use a comma. Be clear in your text, your communique. Can you please be clear? Forget about the emoji. Now you can see why. Uh, definitely. Just after our first emoji, definitely can cannot see read why. this one or this one. Unreliable. There's, there's, there's quite a few on here I can't read. Either. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. They're, see, that's the other thing too. Not, like not funny, I don't though. know what the the emojis mean. Oh, granted, well, I'm laughing at some of. These. I know my young crowd brothers. You're out there and you're thinking to yourself, you know, hey, listen, I actually, I love emojis. That's all I use are emojis. Well, I can't translate emojis. You can see the problem. I would assume this one from RGV13 with the, uh, what is that sound, or that, that uh, sign, the like Ghostbuster sign? What is the actual name for that? You know what I'm talking about, right? The red yeah. circle with the line through yeah, it. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, that's not like an emoji thing. I've never understood what that sign's actually called. You mean like a logo? Yeah, it's just a red circle with the line through it. Okay. I, everybody just calls it the Ghostbusters thing. Oh, I, I, okay. What do you call it? Well, a logo. Yeah, why would you, a logo? It means like no. Yeah. But, but, like, what is the actual? This is totally off emoji or Jay Crowder. Oh, just what does that okay. actually mean? I've wondered my whole life, what does that mean? Okay. It's like crossing something out. Like, you can't go there, like, not allowed. Yeah. Well, either way, so this is this it's one. It's not real. RGV13 is, uh, is the no sign with what looks like a contract, and then money, and then scissors, and then basketball, and then a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> so that escalated quickly. All right, we're reading emojis. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get Next. back. Let's get back to, uh, to to football. And Dan Quinn is getting a second interview tonight. What do you read into that in terms of Brian Flores? Because this is where I want to be careful to not connect dots that shouldn't be connected. Flores had his interview yesterday. Really haven't heard a whole lot about that interview other than it was conducted. And it's not like, it's not like the Cardinals are going to conduct the interview and then run out and tell everybody all the details. But so he conducts that interview. And now, all of a sudden, Dan Quinn is flying in tonight for a second interview. Knowing full well we still have Sean Payton on Thursday, who, by the way, his second interview with Denver for tomorrow is now being delayed. 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 Or canceled. I don't know. They use the word delayed, based on it's just so you know. But don't you find that really suspicious? I I do. Because he was going to meet with the Denver Broncos on Wednesday night. No, he's not going to meet. With the Denver, it's been delayed. Now he's going to meet with the Till Cardinals when? on Thursday. First. Later Wednesday night? No. <laughs> Thursday? No, Maybe because he's... Sean Payton is meeting with the Cardinals on Thursday. Yeah. So, okay, what does it mean? Is somebody going to hire anybody at, at some point here? Like there are yeah, five teams so. that need coaches. But this is all part of the dance, Luke. This is this is part of the dance right here, and the music is playing. There's only so many chairs that are out there right now. It's part of the dance, and the music is going to stop at some point in time. Who's going to jump into the Cardinals' chair? 
That's the question we're asking right now. Maybe I that's think, how they should actually conduct this. Just musical chairs. Get Brian Flores, Dan Quinn, Sean Payton in there. And yeah. uh, Vance Joseph. Okay, there's one chair, whoever's walking by it. Yes. Uh, by the way, I always hated that game it's, as a kid it, growing it, up. It, it feels, just drove me nuts. Yeah, it's not my favorite game. Yeah. Okay, what do you mean I can't push the kid out of the chair? Okay. <laughs> okay, that's not what I said. But maybe knocking him out of the chair <laughs> before he got thinking. into the chair. Okay. Um, and then you're going to yell at me for doing it. So you're, well, what are you talking about? This is part of the game. We need okay. to get your mom to call Dan, back in with stories of Wolf's childhood because yes. I feel like that would win us an Emmy. The, the second meeting with Dan Quinn, it's not insignificant. It isn't. This is this is significant, what is happening right now. It doesn't mean Dan Quinn has got the job. But boy, to me, it's launched him into the top he's three. He's got to be. Mix, he's right? got to be a finalist. Can we use that word? Yeah, finalist. So he's a top three because for a while there, I had this is not my preference, but just kind of how it looked. It looked like Sean Payton. Well, it looked like a couple days ago the top three were Brian Flores, Vance Joseph, and D'Amico Ryan. Yes. And then you get the Sean Payton news yesterday that he's going to have a meeting with the Cardinals, so he has to be in there. So then I think it went Sean Payton, Brian Flores, and Vance Joseph. But if you're telling me Dan Quinn is also now in the mix, which one of those guys is dropping out? Yeah, boy, who's in the top? You know, I'd have to go Vance. Kind of feels like Vance. I would have to go Vance Joseph. Yeah. That's just my guess. Yeah, and look, they they didn't say we're only looking at three guys. They might still right. be looking it's, at four guys. Oh, no, you got the quad going instead of the triangle. Uh-huh. I like that. Um, this makes Dan Quinn, to me, a guy that is a finalist right now. And, you know, the Cardinals do not want to drag this out much longer. They don't. I would imagine after the Sean Payton interview, I would imagine it's going to move quickly. I'm still sticking to my Friday Friday my, at one fifty seven. My, my Friday guess, not prediction. I don't make predictions, okay? I don't. I'm not going to pat myself on the back for guessing correctly. Unless you're you, doing your March Madness picks. That's the only Oh, time. yeah. Well, right. Then, of course, we talk trash. When you use the B. PI or whatever. I don't even remember what it's the called. BPI. BPI, yeah. yeah okay. the basketball I was power thinking, index. I was thinking body mass index. No, 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 no. The BPI, of course. Don't get me sidetracked. That's right? BMI. That's yeah. Up. That's yes. why I was thinking it wasn't Thank you, that. Rick. Appreciate it. Thank you for body mass index. Let me see what each About a month and a half. Well, it's one of the reasons why I really do like the Dan Quinn second interview is the fact that he is a defensive-minded guy. And as a defensive-minded guy, you're going to have that that separation. I've been talking about it. It's critical, I think, to the development of Kyler Murray understanding the National Football League. This is not college. It's not a peer-to-peer situation like what Kyler was experiencing his first four years in the league. And I'm not blaming Cliff. I think Cliff got everything he could out of Kyler Murray and had him on a track where he was developing. And there's no doubt when you look at his first year to his third year, he was developing. His fourth year, he took a step back. We all know that. The question is why. Unfortunately for Cliff, it... It won't be answered. Not with him. He's gone. Now you're bringing in another coach. It's not going to be a peer-to-peer situation. It's going to be you're the head coach and you're the quarterback. Franchise quarterback, but you're the quarterback. 
And that's the way that it's got to be. And that's why the defensive-minded coaches... Can I also tell you this, too? There's a belief out there that some defensive-minded coaches actually can help quarterbacks get a lot better than offensive-minded coaches. Because they see them from the opposite. They see them from the other end, the back end. Well, it's that Kenny Pickett quote we had last week talking about how much Brian Flores helped him. In yes, practice. Yeah. exactly. Think about that, Luke. Well played by you to bring that up right there. That's the other reason why I think a defensive focus here by the Arizona Cardinals is happening. Let me play this real quick before we go to break, and and we'll talk about this later on in the show. This is Larry Fitzgerald talking about Dan Quinn. It's going to be number one, in my opinion. Uh, there's no question about that. You know, what he's done, obviously his experience, and he, he did really good in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, had he, you know, run the football a little bit more, he'd have a Super Bowl championship. So I, I don't think it's be much longer until Dan Quinn will be back on the sidelines as a head coach of the National Football League. But I think for him, most importantly, is finding the right situation. You know, you, you don't want to go to a team where you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance to win. You want to be in a place where you know you, you have a legitimate shot and those type of jobs are very difficult to come by because they don't turn over often what did he say in the very beginning of that he'd be right number there? one he'd be number one let that hang that's larry fitzgerald the japanese fighting fish he'd be number one text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now all right the suns have been rumored to be a trade destination for Rui Hachimura twice now. And obviously it didn't happen because he's on the Lakers. So what exactly was the problem? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luca on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, quick update on the Suns. Obviously, no Devin Booker, no campaign tonight. Campaign's going to be reevaluated in a week. I believe that Devin Booker going to be reevaluated in about four weeks. Statement that came out that came out about four weeks ago. I'm pretty sure at this point we're right in that range where he could be reevaluated. Landry Shamit's out tonight. Jay Crowder, obviously, it's funny they keep putting him on the uh, the list. But DeAndre Ayton also is uh, is out tonight. He will miss his third straight game with a non-COVID illness. So, no DA tonight either against Charlotte. Okay, thank you for that update. That's huge right there. No DA. Hmm. When is Devin Booker going to be back? This is the hamstring of all hamstrings, is it not? Yeah, this one or whatever DeAndre Hopkins had last year. Didn't he miss a few games with a hamstring, come back, and then was done for the year? But, um, you know, the thing about Devin Booker with hamstrings is he has dealt with these throughout his career, and he knows how to manage them. You know what I mean? And I think as long as the Suns are winning games, which they have been doing now for the last week, they probably are in no hurry to rush him back. Sure. Within reason. I mean, you want to get your team actually playing together as a team before the playoffs start. But we'll see. They get Charlotte tonight. Uh, As I mentioned, because it's still on the injury report, no Jay Crowder. But there was... um, There was a trade that peripherally, I guess, impacted Jay Crowder. Rui Hashimura to the Lakers yesterday for Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. So the reason that has any sort of bearing on Jay Crowder is because that was a player that was rumored, one of the many that was rumored to be going to the Suns about a month ago for Jay Crowder. Rui Hashimura for Jay Crowder. It's obviously off the table now. And then there was this tweet from Jake Fisher 
who uh, said the interesting wrinkle here is that Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Washington had a three-team concept that would have sent Rui to the Suns, Crowder to the Bucks, and three seconds plus salary to Washington. That helped set the price for the Lakers' acquisition of Hachimura. Glad so, we could help L.A. Yeah, so when you heard about this deal coming down, what was the first thing you thought of? What, what was it? When my, you, yeah, My first thought was, if in NBA circles, Jay Crowder and Rui Hashimura are viewed as about equal value, then what the Lakers just got for what they had to give up for Rui Hashimura should be roughly what the Suns can expect for Jay Crowder. <laughs> right. You know, it was kind of, you thought of Jay Crowder when you saw this trade. Yeah. You thought of Jay Crowder and the fact that this seems to be kind of the trade that the Suns could pull off for a Jay Crowder. And that's why it's interesting, the report that you just mentioned as well in regard to a three-team trade that was rumored to be out there. Um, yeah, you could see that happening right there, a veteran player and some draft capital. And the Suns actually have that kind of thing. They have draft capital unlike most contenders. Yes. Most contenders don't have... All of their first-round picks going forward. The Suns essentially do. Here's Sham Sharania from the rally yesterday. For the Wizards, this really opened up a logjam at forward. Uh, now they're going to be in a much better position to re-sign Kyle Kuzma. The three finalists for Hachimura, I'm told, were the Lakers, as well as the Pacers and Phoenix Suns. So this is a deal that was in the makings for a while. The Pacers are just always in there. <laughs> hey, can we get somebody the Suns are interested in? We already have Jalen Smith and Tyrese Halliburton, and we offer sheet a deal. Andre Ayton, is there anybody else we could take? And not only that, Get though, lost, Indiana. Once again, so are the Suns. Every time is a trade, a rumored trade that is out there. It seems like the Suns, the Suns are yeah. right in the middle of it. But doesn't it feel like anytime the Suns are around anything, Indiana's like, hey, what are you doing? Can, can we get involved in this? Yeah, we'll take Jalen Smith. Yeah. Oh, you passed on Tyrese Halliburton? We'll take him. Why do you think that is? Oh, can we offer sheet DeAndre Ayton? Yeah. Like, what, what's going They had TJ Warren for a while. Like, what's the deal, Pacers? And the other thing I thought of as well with this Hachimura trade is the fact that it's not a short term trade for the Lakers. It isn't. They're looking at this as if it's a long term. The rumor out there reportedly is that they want to sign him to an extension this summer. Well, and, well, what? I was just I was going to say the other part of that, that clip right there was that it opens up the door for Washington to sign Kyle Kuzma long-term, yes. which I don't love. Because Kuzma is a player, especially when you see that tweet from Gambo that uh, the Suns maybe aren't as interested in Fred Van Vliet as everybody is saying. My first thought was, okay, if they're concerned about his size and how he fits in the backcourt with Chris Paul, if that's really the issue, right? Then they must be they must be still looking at Kyle Kuzma because Kyle Kuzma is not six one; he's six nine, and he doesn't play that position. He's and he's scoring a ton of points again this year. But the problem is, if that that cut right there from Sham Sharani is accurate. Washington is just going to re-sign him. The reason he was going to be available in a trade is because he didn't sound like he was going to re-sign with Washington. Yeah, I I know. You know, sometimes though, can I just say this? This is this is just me. Disinformation is the wanton desire to mislead people. It's not misinformation, which is just wrong, incorrect. Disinformation is a plan to mislead people. I do believe general managers use disinformation all the time. 
Uh, I, I believe they do this. Again, I'm not saying that Gamble's report is wrong. Don't get me wrong on that. I'm not saying it's inaccurate. It's not. What I am saying is sometimes... If you want to leak some information, you're going to leak some information. And it's not just to one person. It might be to multiple people in regard to creating disinformation around a player. Oh, you know what? Yeah, we're not going to do what you think we're going to do. Maybe you're just trying to increase a little bit of the pressure. Maybe you're trying to increase your leverage in a deal. You can do it using disinformation. Reports that get leaked. Well, where suddenly the, you've got information that is out there that may not be exactly what you're hoping it to be you, or you planning it to then be. Then take that to the Kuzma scenario again and say, is it inconceivable? Because remember, when this all came out like a month or so ago, the, the story was not Washington doesn't want Kyle Kuzma back. The story was Kyle Kuzma is not signing an extension with Washington. And part of that was because he felt like he could get more than he's supposed to get next yes. year from them or whatever. Uh, but could you not then say Washington might be floating out there? Oh, now we have this money, too. We're going to re-sign Kyle Kuzma. So if you want to trade for him, it's going to cost a lot more than it would have before. Exactly. See, yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. Also, this right here, Rodney Hudson. Rodney Hudson, when the Raiders were going to cut Rodney Hudson. I would trade him for Kyle Kuzma. Okay, Rodney Hudson, you know what they did? They didn't cut him. They said they were going to cut him. And they waited for people to line up at the door because that's what they... They leaked the, the, the disinformation that they used. They leaked it because they knew they were going to get a line at the door when they said, oh, we're going to cut him. They leaked that disinformation so that teams would line up and say, don't cut them, we'll trade for them. And that's exactly what happened. That's happened a couple times recently in the NFL. So you can see why a general manager or why an organization would use disinformation from time to time to actually strengthen their position. Uh, We come back, back over to football. Will Sean Payton be the first domino to fall in the NFL coaching carousel this offseason? Somebody's got to get hired at some point. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. Sean Payton. Update. 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 I knew we had the Arizona Cardinals coaching search update, right? But yeah. we have a specific Sean Payton update sounder. It looms, does it not, Basinonians? Thursday looms and Sean Payton coming to the Basin. Um, so I, I want to play this cut that isn't about Sean Payton. So let me give you the quick up Payton update, and then we'll get back into that in a second. But um, the Payton update is that he has the interview tomorrow, the meeting, or sorry, rather Thursday with the Cardinals. Um, also... There is the report out there that his second interview that was set up with the Broncos for Wednesday night has been delayed. Mm, Man, that is so juicy, isn't it? Why? Why, Sean? Why was it delayed? I just figured we'd sit here and wait for him to call in and answer. Yeah, come on, Sean. (laughs) Answer or answer in emojis like everybody else is today. Uh, Jeff Duncan's, this was his his tweet from earlier today. Latest update on Sean Payton is he completed his interview with Carolina on Monday in Charlotte, and he will meet with Arizona officials Thursday. As previously reported, his second meeting with Denver has been delayed. That meeting was supposed to be Wednesday. And then he also adds, in my opinion, the longer this goes, the likelihood of Payton staying at Fox increases. 
Then Diana Rossini quote tweeted it and said, also adding to this, I was told there is also a team waiting in the wings watching all of this and could make a move if they get, quote, their ducks in a row, unquote. <laughs> so we've been overreacting. We get it. Ducks in a row. Maybe Justin Oregon's Herbert. looking to hire a coach. Maybe Oregon's just like, hey, we're just yeah, going to start over with I don't uh, think so. I wanna, we'll get back into the Peyton stuff. I want to play this uh, this clip, though, because we played it going to break before and didn't really get a chance to react. If you're, if you're looking at Dan Quinn, who is getting a second interview with the Cardinals, they're flying him in tonight to do one face-to-face, and you're like, yeah, okay, how should I feel about Dan Quinn? He's maybe a little bit of an unknown compared to the, the other guys that we've been looking at for two weeks. Well, Larry Fitzgerald weighed in today. He'll be number one, in my opinion. Uh, there's no question about that, you know, what he's done. Obviously, his experience, and he, he did really good in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, had he, you know, run the football a little bit more, he'd have a Super Bowl championship. So I, I don't think it's be much longer until Dan Quinn will be back on the sidelines as a head coach of the National Football League. But I think for him, most importantly, is finding the right situation. You know, you, you don't want to go to a team where you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a chance to win. You want to be in a place where, you know, you, you have a legitimate shot. And those type of jobs are very difficult to come by because they don't turn over often. Wow, how about that right there? That is Larry Fitzgerald Basinonian saying he'd be number one, meaning Dan Quinn. Man, that hit me like a ton of bricks because I respect the Japanese fighting fish and his thoughts on the game of football, and in particular on Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. Man, Larry's had a lot of exposure to Dan Quinn over the years. Dan Quinn being up with the Seattle Seahawks for as long as he was. Yeah, no, I mean, I won a Super Bowl as their defensive coordinator. Almost won a second. Then almost won a second as the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Dan Quinn, is, as we go through this coaching search with the Cardinals, seems to be the one that has gotten the most reaction like from Larry Fitzgerald there. Uh, Todd Archer was on, covers the Cowboys. is on with Bickley and Murata this morning. Uh, these aren't the only two guys. There's a lot of people that cover football or are in the game and just in those circles that the perception of Dan Quinn seems to be he should be a head coach somewhere. Whether that should be the Cardinals or not, that you know, that's they're going to figure that out this week. I'm not saying it necessarily needs to be the Cardinals, but I'm just saying that perception more so than any of these other names we've talked about. Like a lot of these guys, it's like, okay, yeah, I could see how he might be a coach, or you know, there's some upside there. And I think a lot of people feel like D'Amico Ryan's will eventually get there. But the thought on Dan Quinn seems to be, no, he should be a coach. Like right now, he should be a head coach somewhere. So. There's still five teams with openings, Wolf. None of these teams are, are making a move. You still have you still have what? Houston, you have Indianapolis, you have Denver, and you have Carolina in addition to the Cardinals that yeah. need a coach. And whatever that, that mystery team is that Diana Rossini was talking about. I know the mystery team out there for Sean Payton, of course. And I think Sean Payton, once he decides what it is he's gonna do, whether he's gonna coach or not coach, I don't by the way, I, I I'm not buying the fact he's gonna wait another year. I don't think he's going to, but I think it's an option. Uh, For me, I just don't think that's going to be. Is it an option? Of course it's an option for him. I just don't think two years out of the game? Two years? I... I don't know about that. I understand while he could go and make a lot of money, Wolf, on television, of course, as he is right now with Fox, I believe. Yes. Well, yeah, of course he could do that. But that's always going to be out there for him. Yeah. Coaching and letting two years go. But I don't I don't know about that. I think the only reason I consider it a legitimate option is 
if it really is as simple as he wants to coach the Cowboys, who he has ties to, or the Chargers, who have a pretty good roster and a really good quarterback. And the Chargers are definitely underachieving. And the Cowboys feel like they are underachieving. Although, again, I'll go back to Dan Quinn, because last year, when Sean Payton stepped away and the Cowboys lost in much more miserable fashion, I would say, a year ago in the playoffs. Remember, they ran out the clock on themselves. They This year, they just decided to get <laughs> Zeke Elliott just steamrolled for no reason. Last year, they just ran out the clock on themselves, so whatever it is. But last year... Zeke, I'll, show a little fight, too, my bro. <laughs> it's like, we're going to lose. Let's just get Zeke run over as we head into the offseason. It was a very strange play. But last year, when everybody was like, well, okay, make the connection here. Obviously, Sean Payton's going to be the coach of Dallas it's a year ago, right? Remember, the push out of Dallas was if they were going to make a change, it'd probably be for Dan Quinn. So here we have these two names popping up again a year later. I'm with you. I don't think Sean Payton's doing all this just to wait a year, but I'm intrigued by that mystery team Diana Rossini's talking about because it could be as simple as Sean Payton telling Diana Rossini, there's this one team, but they need to figure things out. They need to get their ducks in a row. Yeah. Man. Who knows? I don't know. I, I look at it. Brandon Staley is a guy that I was surprised. I think we all were. We're surprised that he didn't get fired that Monday after the game. Well, the talk going into that game was he needs to not have a bad loss, right? If you don't have yeah. a bad loss, you'll be safe. Mike that McCarthy was, didn't have a bad loss. He won. Yeah. That was a horrible loss. That's the worst kind of loss you could possibly have to me. Yeah. Uh, you're up by that many? You're a three-possession game? One of the biggest blown playoff leads in the history of the sport the is not a good loss. the history of the game. Against Trevor Lawrence, all because he didn't line up and run the ball and shorten the second half. And I know modern analytics say, don't do that. I don't think don't they do. Don't look at the big picture. I don't think modern analytics are like, make this harder on yourself in the second half. It's like somebody needs to go through and take the modern analytics because it's a tool that your opponents have, so you have to have it. Somebody needs to take that book of analytics and be like, but also here's just some like logic mixed in, too. <laughs> if you're up 27 nothing and you have Austin Eckler, it's okay to hand him the ball. Just hand the ball off more than six times in the second half. It doesn't mean you you don't believe in math if you win the game. I tell you what, you get to you get to put more math on display the next week if you win the game. What was so interesting about that too is Brandon Staley was using so much play action with Justin Herbert, so much play action. So so you you know he was trying to take advantage of that. He wanted to keep the pressure on the Jaguars, but he was taking advantage of the fact they thought he was going to run in run-down situation, which is why he used all this play action. There was just one problem. He wasn't running the ball enough to get the defense's attention to bite on the play action. It's, okay, what am I yeah, doing? Yeah, it's not really play action if you don't ever run the ball. <laughs> this is, this is I got to let it go. It's just a longer pass just play. Just let it go. I have this uh, that Maloney printed out for us before. It's um, what do the Panthers, Texans, Cardinals, and Broncos have to offer for Sean Payton? And, and in there, they have their, I believe, their uh, ESPN, each of their NFL reporters for those teams put together like, hey, this is what we can offer Sean Payton. This is our pitch, basically. Yeah. I don't know why the Texans aren't in here. They... <laughs> I thought they were. Sorry, Houston. Yeah. No, there's only four teams in here. Okay, interesting. Um, reading through some of these. The one that kind of stands out to me, actually, is Carolina. Are we sure Carolina is not an option 
for Sean Payton. Okay, why why would you say Carolina? What what are some of the things you love about the Carolina Panthers gig? Well, I'm just looking at, at what they wrote as their pitch, okay? You'll be among the three highest paid coaches in the NFL, and you'll have complete control over all roster decisions. Okay. That seems like that would appeal to Sean <laughs> Ding, <Payton>. ding, ding. <laughs> You're only a quarterback and a few mid-range players from being a viable playoff team in the NFC South. That is true. Now, quarterback's obviously a big missing piece, but they could feasibly get their quarterback in the draft. Does. They could do that. Hey, they could trade all their stuff to the Cardinals for that third pick and get that guy. Maybe he loves Bryce Young. And those are the two main ones that stood out to me. Also, it made me think this. If you're serious about winning a Super Bowl and you're a head coach and you have choices right now, yeah. why would you pick an AFC team over an NFC team? Yeah, that'd be brutal, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, the AFC with a quarterback situation being yeah. what it is right now, there's no doubt. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I'd look at the NFC. What do they say about the Arizona Cardinals, by the way? What what Let's things see. did they point out saying why it's a good job for the Cardinals? Uh, it's an hour flight to L.A. where Peyton currently resides. <laughs> okay. He's going to the Chargers. Next. Uh, it's a dry heat. No more coaching in the humidity. Okay. Well, that is a bonus. It's also a dry cold in the winter, too, yeah, and I hate that. I love it. Uh, and the Cardinals have an offensive roster that's built to win and win now. <laughs> that's... Just fix the offensive line, and I agree. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals could certainly make a, a very good pitch for Sean Payton if they truly want him. We come back, we'll uh, flip back over the basketball. What does Kevin Ray want to see from the Suns tonight when they face the Charlotte Hornets? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports next. It's game day with K Ray on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.